Lent challenges adults on so many levels, through fasting, prayer, and almsgiving, and especially through cultivating a humble and contrite spirit. But what does that look like when our homes and hearts are occupied with young children? Today's guest homeschooling mom, Alex Rush, is here to share her tips on Lent with Littles. Welcome to Homeschooling Saints, the podcast that helps you create the homeschool you love for the people you love. Our host is Lisa Maladnik, a Catholic life coach, TV host, best-selling author, and an instructor at Homeschool Connections. Before we get started, remember to subscribe to this podcast so you never miss an episode. And if you're watching on YouTube, click the bell to join our channel. Hello and welcome. I'm Lisa Maladnik, your host, and I'm excited to welcome Alex Resch to our program today to talk about Lent with Littles. Alex Resch grew up in Tampa, Florida. She attended college and grad school in New York and has a PhD in chemistry. She's a former middle and high school science teacher and is a wife and homeschooling mother to her eight and seven-year-old daughters and two-year-old son. Alex recently helped to develop an original curriculum for her parish's religious edu- education program, and she now teaches the program as a master catechist at her parish, Christ the King, in Comac, New York. Her website is oraetscola.com. It's just the way it sounds, O-R-A-E-T-S-C-H-O-L-A.com, and that's in the show notes, where Alex writes about homeschooling, homemaking, and liturgical living. So check it out. And that, again, that's in the show notes. Welcome to the program, Alex. Thank you so much, Lisa. I'm so excited to be here. Yeah, we've been having some pre-conversations that were fun. So I'd just like you to shine a little light on your own family's priorities. What aspects of walking through the season of Lent are most important to you and your family? Yeah, sure. So you mentioned in the beginning, we really focus on those three pillars, prayer, fasting, and almsgiving. And they're going to look different for every family and especially whatever ages your kids are. So a lot of people think about Lent like, what am I going to give up for Lent? So of course we would, we want, that's the fasting part. So we will fast, but you also can think of what you can add to your Lent to bring your, you and your family closer to God. So for fasting, there are set days of fasting. As we know, Ash Wednesday, we are supposed to have two small meals and then um, dinner without meat. So no meat on Ash Wednesday. And then the same applies for Good Friday. So that always needs, I need a little pre-planning <laughs> for those days. Well, what are we going to cook? What are we going to have to do that? Um, and for the little ones, we, the, the older kids, they can do without the meat. So that's not really a big deal. And then past toddler age, they don't have snacks, but our kids will have regular meals. So that's sort of like, that's sort of what fasting looks like um, to us. But you could also fast from social media, from movies, from TV. Um, there's a lot of ideas you can do. Um, so that's the first pillar. The second one is prayer. So this is what we like to, this is a time when we like to add maybe a new devotion. So if we aren't, if before we're praying the rosary every day, we would do it during Lent. Um, one year we added the Angelus in. So if there's any prayer, any devotion that you want to add, that's what you can do for your prayer. And then for almsgiving, um, you know, you, you can donate money. That's the obvious one. Um, I think this is where spring cleaning came from. I don't know for sure, <laughs> but we like to declutter during Lent and, you know, donate. And we always tell our kids, you know, your, your toys that you're donating can bring another child joy, um, donate food. 
and things like that. So we focus on those three, then they're called pillars for a reason, right? They just ground us right into um, the season. Mm, so good. I love that it's simple because then it's just as you said, it's going to look different for every family, our personalities, our cultural backgrounds, even kind of where we are in the world, what our weather is like, like how we're going to respond to these things uniquely. If we just plant ourselves in those three pillars, we can get a little creative, can't we? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And I love that you said that for young children, they're not quite at the fasting age yet, right? It might look like something else. And and I think that your idea about uh, spring cleaning being related to a Lenten practice, oh my gosh, that I think that's a brilliant insight. And I bet you're right. That makes so much sense to me. I have no proof of that, <laughs> but I think it makes sense too. We're going to plant yeah, it as a kids, theory. <laughs> okay. The Catholics came up with spring cleaning. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're, we're owning it. All right. So, so, um, so say a little bit about how this impacts your homeschooling, you know, your learning and all of those aspects. Where does that play out? Sure. So um, we, list, we like to make everything feel different during Lent. So we decorate our home. We don't use any bright flowers and the kids love to be involved in this too. So um, we use, we have like an aloe plant that lives in our den where our school rooms, we move that. And so we have this big bay window in our dining room and we change that for every liturgical season. So we put the aloe plant there. You could do cacti. So that could be a whole, you know, art lesson, science lesson, just like thorny plants <laughs> to get you in the mood for the season. Yeah. Lots of purple everywhere, crosses, um, you know, any holy art that you have just special for Lent. So we sort of like to set our home and our schoolroom looking like Lent. Um, and sometime before Lent, we do this at dinner as a family. I pass out a paper and it says prayers, fasting, and almsgiving. And each person will choose their own personal um, devotion or fasting that they want to do. And then we'll talk about it as a family. So each person will do their own prayer, fasting, and almsgiving. And then we'll say, okay, what do we want to do for our as a family? So one year, might have been last year, my daughter suggested um, at dinner we were going to all say what we were thankful for every day of Lent. So um, we don't make everybody read their personal ones out loud if they don't want to, but the family ones we try to all do together. Um, and a really fun tradition that we like to do, and I always forget the last minute. So if you're last minute, this is for you. <laughs> but if you're crafty, <laughs> you can make it a little more special. So um, on the day before Ash Wednesday, so Shrove Tuesday, or it's also called Fat Tuesday, Mardi Gras, we bury the Alleluia. So this is a really good um, catechetical moment to teach children a really important tradition in the church, which during Lent, we don't sing the Alleluia during Mass. So we bury the Alleluia. So we literally, last year, like I said, I was so last minute, one of my kids wrote Alleluia on a paper. We folded it up. We put it in a plastic baggie, Ziploc baggie. We marched outside. Um, I think this is one of my favorite books. I think she has a prayer some prayers and hymns, you could say, the Catholic All Year Prayer Companion. Yeah. So we go outside, we make a big to-do of it, we dig a hole and bury the Alleluia for all of Lent. And then, you know, you can go to Mass and you can say, oh, listen, you know, where the Alleluia usually comes before the Gospel, it's not there. Um, and you can talk about why we do that, right? Because that's a, um, 
a sign of praise. So we bury the Alleluia. That's something we like to make sure we have on our list to check off. Um, and we also add any devotions that our parish is doing. So ours does um, the Stations of the Cross every Friday after the morning Mass. So we really try to make it a priority to get there for Mass and then stay for the Stations. If that's a big, that is a, a big commitment <laughs> for kids. Um, but we try to go to Daily Mass Extra and we try to pray the Stations um, at our parish. And Lent is long. So there are actually a couple of feast days um, that we like to observe in our homeschool. And we love feast days. My kids will go to mass and they'll hear a feast day and they'll be like, we got to celebrate. And it'll be just, you know, some <laughs> obscure saints. I'm like, okay, what can we do? But during Lent, we love to celebrate St. Patrick's Day. That always follows, falls during Lent um, and have traditional St. Patrick's foods, do crafts. You could do a, a Trinity craft. Um because he used the shamrock to teach about the Holy Trinity. Um, so lots of crafts going on in the Resch house um, and simple stuff too. Um, and then St. Joseph's feast day falls two days later as well during Lent. So we love to bake um, the bread into the crosses and into all the different shapes. Mm -hmm. So we like, we like baking and crafts in our house. But again, you can make those um, feast days and solemnities anything any, anything that's enjoyable for you and your kids. Yeah, I, I love some of the notes that you've injected in here, Alex. Like these are creative ideas. They're fairly simple. Like anybody can buy a little dough mix or even there's pre-made doughs that we can grab. It doesn't have to be a whole huge thing. Some of the people listening love to bake and would do some preparation and, and that would become a lesson in itself. But we can be simple. We can last minute write Alleluia on a piece of paper and parade out to the yard and it's memorable, right? Or we can yeah. impromptu think of a way to celebrate a saint that gets announced at Mass because our kids are getting ignited about the liturgical year. They're noticing, they're listening, they're tuning in and we're, we're, we're laying the groundwork. But I, but I love that there's such a flexibility there because we can be in a Pinterest world that makes us feel like nothing we do is good enough and someone else is always doing it better. A lot of that is just artifice. We're not seeing their family squabbles and their dust kitties and all of that. And let's face it, that's how we live, right? That is, that is when you are busy homeschooling, nothing's perfect and it doesn't have to be. So thank you for the simplicity of these thoughts. And some people just are going to put on a Broadway show. That's them. Totally. That's yeah, not true. most of us. <laughs> and it's all good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's just, if it's memorable, you know, and if you're so excited about bearing the Alleluia, your kids are going to be excited too, even though, even if your neighbors see you and you look, you know, silly. <laughs> You're excited about it. And they'll remember it every year. My kids will be like, can we do that again? Can we do that? And it's always a teachable moment. And if you forget to talk about the Trinity any other time, you're going to talk about it on St. Patrick's Day. So it's yeah. all built in for you. Yeah, amen. And I and I love that, even though we complain about it sometimes, that the secular world with all its marketing and stuff has kind of co-opted our feasts, right? Saint, you'll see shamrocks in store windows and things like that. And yet, hey, hey, that the church started that. That's why the whole, you know, our whole country today is in green, you know? Yeah. <laughs> we, we can kind of yeah, hook so into great. that enthusiasm. Yeah. So yeah. um just say a little bit more about when you're as your kids are growing and they're starting to understand the prayer, fasting, and almsgiving, um, they're understanding like they that they make choices as they walk along. Um, do you just shed some light on 
like how you help them with those choices? What are the accommodations you make for understanding these things and for helping them to make mm-hmm. choices that are right for them? Because I could just see some kids would want to go out and with a sword in hand and go slay a dragon where, you know what I mean? Like I want to do big things yeah. for God. Where the, as another child yeah. might be very like subtle about what they're offering and how do we validate that even? So true. I think I think I was listening to the catechism in a year with Father Mike Schmitz, and he said, you know, it was a very it was one of the first recordings, and he said, God doesn't just give us all every detail of the faith, just come down one day and throw it at us. We would never be able to absorb it. And so that's sort of the of what how, how my husband and I approach teaching the faith to our children and teaching these things. Just they just need little bits, little by little, always, you know, truthful, age appropriate. Um little bits. And I think in our family, our kids really like, they love drawing and and now writing that they're older. So ever since they were little, they always kept little journals. Um, and a couple of years ago, I found one from Dumb Ox Publications. It's named after St. Thomas Aquinas. And they have a kid's, a kid's Lenten journal and then one for um, slightly older kids. And that was great. It was, it just had a little, you know, devotion every day. Um, for the younger kids, it was just a coloring thing, or you could even just go get a notebook from the dollar store and just, you know, every day help them make a little refre- reflection. And actually, one thing I forgot to mention that my kids, I asked them, what are your favorite things <laughs> that we do during Lent? So I had to mention this. Um, we do something called sacrifice beans. And this is, so I, it's really cool to see how this has transformed through the years, how their response to it has transformed. So you get a jar, you fill it with beans or like dried beans or um, beads or any little thing, any like rocks, any little trinket. Uh, actually, you don't fill the jar. So you have the jar and then you have a bowl with the beans inside. So when they were really little, we used to call it the good deed jar. And it comes out during Lent on Ash Wednesday, it comes out. And anytime they do a good deed, they get to put a bean in the jar. Mm-hmm. And so you can see, they can see visually all their good deeds um, filling up the jar. And then as they get older, we call it a sacrifice jar. So if they gave up a, you know, a dessert or if they gave up, if they let their sister go first, um, you know, we kind of give them examples and it's really nice, positive reinforcement. Cause at first they forget about the jar. <laughs> so you'll be like, Oh, thank you for cleaning up your shoes. Can you go put a bean in the jar? And then they're like, Ooh, and it's just, yeah. it's, they love it. It's, it's really good. And I call it virtue training too. So if you do have a virtue that your child may be struggling with it, when you see them doing it, you can really positively reinforce. And the best part is on Easter, which is the best day ever. Um, <laughs> the beans turn into jelly beans oh. or M&Ms or whatever treat. So yeah, so they know when they rack up those beans um, and we're pretty generous with what we allow them to put in the jar. You know, we're always trying to um, encourage them. So they know on Easter morning, those are going to turn into jelly beans. And then all during the Easter season, when they do a good deed or a sacrifice, they get to eat a jelly bean. So mm-hmm. yeah, this is um, so cool. And I know you're a teacher. Really so yeah, so you're, yeah. I know you're operating on a lot of levels when you mm-hmm. bring a lesson to bear. And as simple as this sounds, I just want to point out that they're doing something kinesthetic. They're picking something yeah. up and putting it in a jar, right? It's a visual and they know there's a reward coming. And they're relating it to something in their life. So there's this like conceptual framework that is stimulating to them, like this equals that. And that's that's the kind of the proof. It's also you calling out the best in them. You going, hey, look, 
look, there's a thing you did that has value to the kingdom of God and, and helping them to have a framework for understanding their own goodness. Because of course, as parents, we have to correct them. But if we also have a framework for affirming them and showing them visually, like there's the auditory of the conversation and their own thoughts and sharing. And then anyway, I just want to just call out that learning styles wise, we're really hitting a home run here with something very simple. Yeah, we've loved it. And the, the virtues carry out past Lent. So I, the first year we did it, I, I really truly saw their behavior just get better after Lent. So it really, cause it's 40 days. So when you're really focusing on this task of doing good for 40 days, it sticks and it, it keeps going. So wow. yeah, so much there nothing about else, add some sacrifice beans. <laughs> yes, exactly. Really good. Yeah. It's a habit formation thing too. That 40 days yeah. is powerful. It's like God ordained here. So here's some habit change practice for you. All right, everybody, we're going to take a short break. Uh, we are with Alex Resch talking about Lent with Littles, and we're going to hear from our wonderful sponsors at Homeschool Connections, and we will be right back. Hi, I'm Walter Crawford. And I'm Maureen Whitman. We are the co-founders of homeschoolconnections.com and proud sponsors of the Homeschooling Saints podcast. Which is here to help you homeschool more joyfully, more easily, and more effectively. We want to thank you for listening. And we invite you to check out our courses at homeschoolconnections.com. And now back to our program. All right, we're back with Alex Rush talking about Lent with Littles. Uh, Alex, I'd love to just hear some of your own personal stories with your kids. What are they learning? What are they loving? You mentioned that they really love the, you know, the, the beans. Um, yeah. Tell us a little about what has come from them, from their hearts and their experiences. Uh, what kinds of lessons and things are coming forward? Sure. Yeah, I think I think kids kind of have a natural tendency to be selfish, right? Like they want they want their toys when they want, they want what they want, they want their food when they want it. And I think this is a time when they really they can start understanding what a sacrifice is, what it means to be selfish, what it means to share. Um, so, you know, Holy Mother Church is so good. It's all laid out for us the whole year. It's all there somewhere. So Lent is really a time to look outside of ourselves, think about how we can grow closer to God and help our kids foster that relationship and that prayer. It's not easy. It doesn't, you know, we don't, we can't just sit down and contemplate for an hour in prayer. I can't, <laughs> you have to work up to it. So it's, you know, it's a lifelong, it's a marathon. It's not a sprint, it's a lifelong <laughs> process of prayer and learning. Um, but yeah, they love all the, they love all kinds of crafts. Um, oh my gosh, I have so many I'm trying to think of the, our favorite ones we do. You could do Lent again, Lent is long and they're always like, when's Easter coming? When's the end? Um, <laughs> so I found, you can probably Google this and find it. Um, or you could make one. So you get 40 strips of paper. Um, and then you're going to want to get count how many Sundays there are because the Sundays aren't included in the 40. So you'll have to, so we did one year, we did um, purple, 40 purple chains and then the strips, we did um, like yellow strips. So for you're, the Sundays. you're kind of gluing so, the strips together and making loops, like one of exactly. those things so you put on your like Christmas a, tree. <laughs> right. Like a paper. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Just a paper chain. Paper so you're cutting them in strips, like mm -hmm. one inch by, you know, six inches or like maybe the length of the paper, eight and a half inches. 
Um, and you can write a scripture on each one, or you could just write day one, day two. Um, so you could do it two different ways. If you're really prepared, you can make the whole chain by Ash Wednesday and the kids can rip off a page of paper every day. Oh. Um, but if you are not like me, <laughs> you're last minute <laughs> and you can have the chains, you know, set to the side, at least cut up. And then the kids can just put one on every day and the chain can get longer. So that's a nice oh. visual to see when is Lent, um, how, when is Lent over? Where are we in Lent? Um, and they just love all the traditions. Um, they love coloring pages. Um, I have a couple of websites that I really like. Holy Heroes, they offer a ton of free coloring pages for all the liturgical seasons. Um, another one that had really cute ones, the site is called Be a Heart. And then Catholic Family Crate offers a bunch um, during Lent and Holy Week with a bunch of activities. Those are all free. So that's really easy to do. Just print off a coloring page, stick it out um, for them to do. And I think you asked me to share a story, right? Yeah, I'd love to just okay, hear like, so, you know, what are the little happenings with your own family? So this is, sure. This is like my all-time favorite story. <laughs> so I talked about how we go to pray the stations every Friday. So my girls are the type of kids in mass. They sit nicely. They don't run. They didn't never ran away really when they were toddlers, but then came Dominic. <laughs> so last year during Lent, he was 16 months and he was all over the place. It, he was just you can just imagine typical little boy. So we're praying the stations and we, we have them inside of our pair, inside of our church in the sanctuary on the walls. So we all process around father leads us and it's, it does last. It's a long time stations of the cross. So this is probably something, you know, um, I can talk about ways how we introduce this to our kids. Cause there's a lot to discuss when you go through each station. But anyway, so we're going through the stations. My girls, they were up like near father with their little book, you know, praying along and Dominic's going wherever he wants to go. And sometimes he would just, just leave, just like jet away from me. So I'm, I'm running across the church, not running, but we're going across the church, grabbing him, bringing him back to whatever station we're on and stuff. So at the end, I was like, this was a disaster. I can't, I don't think I can do this again with, with, with him and stuff. So we're at the end and we were, we had just um, knelt and said the final prayer and father blessed us. And we stand up and he's like, where's Dominic? And I'm like, oh, great. He's interrupted the whole thing. And um, our pastor said, you know, he's like, when Dominic kept running away, it reminded me of how we run away from Jesus. And he's like, and Alex would run after him, just like our blessed mother and bring him back. And I was, that's like the best thing that I needed to hear. And I was like, all right, we'll be back. It was just so encouraging. <laughs> so true. Wonderful. So, and I love that yeah, your pastor met you in that moment, which yeah. it's hard. Young moms get dirty looks from people in church. Yeah. Dirty looks. Yeah. Jesus said, let the children come to me. And we sometimes can be a little judgy. The, the apostles were like, get these kids out of here. But we do this, like collectively, we do this. We, we make young families uncomfortable in church when that's where they belong. Did we really think the Sermon on the Mount was quiet with all those people on their picnic blankets with their kids? I don't think so. So thank you for that. So I just love everybody right now. Let's just quick prayer for that beautiful pastor and all people who are in a position to make families feel at home and welcome in church. God bless him. God bless all these good and holy priests and all of us, Lord. Help us to be welcoming. Yes, thank you for that story. What else, what do you feel like that gave you as a mom? 
I was just, it was just, it brought me from being, I was really disturbed. And I know, you know, we all know toddlers act like that. And I know my toddler is not the only one. I talked to all my friends about it. Um, but, you know, in anything that we think is a disaster, God is doing good. He's working good. I don't even, I think like he had one shoe on. I mean, he was like, the. he was so... <laughs> Crazy Romans 8, 28. I was just thinking about this this morning. God makes all things come to the good for those who love him. Like all yes. things. Yes. <laughs> I mean, he was, you know, when we were, when we would kneel at the beginning, he was climbing on my back. I was like, I was done. I needed a nap <laughs> after that. Yeah. Young moms, stand strong. We've been there. Right. <laughs> we are with you exactly. in spirit. <laughs> Yeah, you exactly. Know, I, and I, I mean, I, I was regretting it the whole time. I'm like, we shouldn't have come. This is so disruptive. But our yeah, and our pastor is really good at welcoming um, families, and so are the people in our parish. It's it's a huge blessing. So those parishes are out there that they yeah. want the kids. If your church isn't crying, it's dying. <laughs> you know that, that quote. I love that. That's so important. The sounds of young families are what we want. Yeah, and sometimes we just need to stand up for ourselves, too. I remember someone turning around. We had had a little toddler next to my daughter when she was little, and he was, you know, kind of out of control. He was with his grandparents, and they weren't disciplining him at all. So he was banging, he was shouting, he was doing all kinds of stuff. And the little old lady in front of us was really uncomfortable, quite squirmy through the whole mass. And she turned around after the other—they had left. So she turned around to look at us, and my daughter was co pretty quiet. And she and she scolded us and said, I didn't understand a bit of the mass. I, you know, I couldn't cut—and I said, we were struggling, too. That's all I said to her, because it was very tough being next to this particular you know, situation. And she yeah. she looked stunned, like to think, oh, <laughs> oh, you're, you're having a hard time too. Oh, <laughs> no idea. <laughs> anyway, just these funny little moments. I'm so glad you had that moment yeah. of grace. So take us into some common struggles or pitfalls to avoid with families with young children. In other words, we can't do everything in every season of their lives, right? What are some things we might want to just kind of sidestep for now? Hmm. Yeah, so Lent is penitential and, you know, everybody's fasting, everybody's giving up things, but it's not supposed to be torture. We're not supposed to inflict torture on ourselves or on our children. <laughs> it's like that verse from Matthew, it explains fasting perfectly. When you fast, anoint your head and wash your face so that when you may not appear to others to be fasting, except to your father who is hidden and your father who sees what is hidden will repay you. So we don't want to look miserable all of Lent. <laughs> we don't want to make our children miserable. It's just about detaching from sin, detaching from material things, you know, and getting closer to Jesus. Um, so, you know, if your kids are really not handling stations of the cross. It is long. It is long. You can leave. You can always leave. You can always go outside, come back. Um, you can even just do stations at the, of the cross at home. When my girls were little, I don't think I ever tried to take them at first. Um, and we used to do all kinds of crafts. I, the same the same websites I mentioned before, Holy Heroes, they have crafts. Another site that I love is called Catholic Icing. Um, and she actually has a set of eggs that you can make called Stations of the Cross Eggs. And you put a little symbol for each station. We even brought that actually. Um, I think during COVID, we didn't process to the stations. We all just stayed in our pew and father walked around. So we had the eggs with us. And, um, you know, for like for the station where Veronica wipes the face of Jesus, you put a little cloth that you draw 
Jesus's face. So that's what's in that egg. Um, mm-hmm. When Jesus falls three times, there's an egg with a little Band-Aid inside. Um, so that's how you can adapt. You know, you can always adapt stuff for children. Like our motto is we'd want to tell them the truth in an age appropriate way. And we never want to sugarcoat it, but you don't, you know, you want to always look, come, meet your kids where they are. Um, so we did, we did the stations at home a lot when they were little and it also allows them to stop and say, what does that mean? You know, what happened? Why, why did that happen? Um, and you can just really go through and, um, pray them. So yeah, I can see how this would to. be. I'm sorry, Alex. I just wanted to say that yeah. I can just imagine the mom who's experiencing morning sickness or it's bad weather out or oh, one of the yeah. kids is sick. It's so nice to think there are really simple at home ways that we can start to teach them and have them experience these things. And and I love the simplicity of the symbols too, even the Band-Aid, because a kid can relate to yeah. that. Yeah. Oh, that's that's yeah. when something hurts. Exactly. Yeah. And there's tons of devotionals. Um, the Station of the Cross are, are nice, though, for kids when you can take them because there's singing. They know the Our Father. They know the Hail Mary, the Glory Be. It's all basic prayers that they know. And it's not sitting still. It's moving. So we're really blessed. We live by a beautiful shrine that has those outdoor stations. So they love doing that sometime during that. So you're literally taking a walk through the beautiful scenery and there's a beautiful wow. station. Um, for each one. And actually one time we went with our friends there. So usually when you pray the stations of the cross, there's set prayers, you know, you can get a booklet for it. And then you pray an Our Father, a Hail Mary and a Glory Be every time. So you're doing that for every station. Um, there's 14, there's 14 stations, right? Yeah. So that's all that it, it is long. So one, one of our friends, we had a ton of little kids with us. That's another good idea. You can go with other families (laughs) and you can help each other. You know, if the kids are making noise, nobody cares because we all understand each other. (laughs) Um, But we actually just split those up. So we would do station one and then we would just say the Our Father. And then we would do station two and say the Hail Mary and then station three and say the Glory Be. So you can always adapt the prayers. Um, There's it's a great time to be Catholic because there are so many kids books I'm a collector. It's <laughs> they get me. They always get me because I'm like, oh, maybe this one will be better. Um, <laughs> so, but there's so much to make it accessible to the kids. But I think praying the stations again, it's, it's just a, a so many. It it hits all the main points that you want to discuss about the passion um, with the kids, and it's visual. It's they're moving around. Um, so just, you know, we don't want to torture ourselves and we don't want to torture our kids and we just, but we do want to just give reverence and um, just stress the importance of the event of Jesus dying for us on the cross and then to prepare us for the greatest feast of Easter. So, yeah. And, and if I may, um, one of the things that I've really thought about a lot over the years is how different our children are year to year, right? You're, you experienced a whole new dynamic when Dominic learn to walk, right? (laughs) All of a sudden he was not in your arms anymore. And so giving ourselves grace, but also noticing that our children experience the liturgical year differently as they develop too. So like having a keen ear to what, what are their questions now? What are they offering? And, and kind of adapting in, in each season. I just love that the liturgical year is there for us, like a treasure map that we can kind of dig up new treasures every year. And, and I love how simple it can be as well. One thing that I learned last year from a book by Scott Hahn, and it was a cookbook, but Scott Hahn did the historical writing, um, 
was that he said we can actually enjoy the penitential foods. Like even if you're doing bread and water, it can be mm-hmm. delicious bread and refreshing water. It's like you said about not going around all gloomy. We are still mm-hmm. being blessed every minute just by the light coming in our windows, right? God is always has nature singing a hymn of praise. So that's what we're meant to be doing too, even in penance, because we know where we're going, right? We know who we are and we know whose we are. And so I love that you brought that forward. This is not meant to be self-torture or child torture. (laughs) Don't torture the children. (laughs) Uh, But yeah, I think I know the cookbook that you're talking about. It's on my list. Um, and one recipe we love for bread, you, this is perfect for fasting with bread and water. Um, it's a crown of thorns bread. So you can use any recipe. Like you can get pizza dough from the store and then you can sort of, um, you know, wrap, like make two pieces and then weave them around themselves. Um, I like to, you could use any really, you could use any bread recipe with yeast. With yeast, um, I like to use a brioche bread, so it makes like a nice fluffy bread. And then after you bake it, you just stick pretzel sticks in for the thorns. Oh, that's so sweet. So it's super cute. It's super easy. Super enjoyable. <laughs> Delicious. <laughs> oh my gosh! Um, but it's so true. But yeah, that's what I was mentioning. That's what I meant too when I said you know you should prepare for your fasting, so you're not like oh no I don't have any meat. What am I going to do? You know, and it can be simple like eggs or yogurt, just simple little things like that. But pre- yeah. preparing helps. Yeah, I used to have frozen mac and cheeses. They were organic yeah. and they were non-dairy oh, and all the things idea. we needed, like gluten-free, in the fridge. And I would literally th- th- microwave that. I know I don't really use a yeah. microwave as much anymore, but this was years and years ago. Um, oh, yeah. I would microwave that and throw in some frozen peas, and then I'd open a can of tuna and mix it all together. It was unbelievably delicious. Like, we don't have yes. to, this is not rocket science. Our kids are going to be happy no, with simple yeah. food. But, but it's delicious totally, too. Yeah. That's the spirit of the season. Simplify, simplify. You know, <laughs> I, that is such a good idea. Stock your freezer. You could even make a big batch of soup, freeze it, and then you don't even have to think about dinner. You just take it right out or get some pre-made meals. All it's without when you're not cooking meat, it's a lot simpler. You don't have to defrost it. You don't have to mm-hmm. wait for it to cook. It's fast. It's simple. So you can focus on, you know, what we're supposed to focus on during life. And we save money too. Um, Yeah, so as we're just kind of pouring over what you've done and kind of what some of the fruits have been, what are some things that you might like to try? Maybe as your kids get older, what's on your mind as a mom looking forward? I hope, um, I think you mentioned it before, just that they'll be more um, independent in their devotions, that they'll choose what's important to them. Where do they want to grow? Maybe they want to read a certain saint's writing or, you know, whatever you know, however the Holy Spirit is moving them. Um, and I would like to do, I feel like you can't really do this with kids so much, but doing things in the community for the almsgiving. So going to volunteer at a soup kitchen or the life center um, or the food pantry. So I think getting out and seeing, you know, how we could help others that way. I'm looking forward to when they're older that we could do that. Um, and, you know, a lot of the, like a lot of the services during Lent, we can't always go to there at night. So just just continuing to add all those beautiful things that as they get to the to the right age, a little older to do some of them. Yeah. And, you know, my heart is always touched when I'm listening to a mom or a dad talk about their journey with their kids. I'm always very touched by the lessons the kids are absorbing, that it matters to you and your husband, that every year you come together 
so conscientiously to walk this road together spiritually. The lessons, you know, in that mysterious place of God blessing our obedience and our desire to please Him and to live in His will. Um, wow, I can just imagine the graces. I mean, oof. So good. So good. Okay. So you've recommended a lot of resources and I'm going to link out to those in the show notes. Thank you so much, Alex. This has been very rich and really fun. And I think, I hope for all of those who are maybe new to celebrating the liturgical year with their kids or their kids are just really young and it's kind of rambunctious right now, or they're new to homeschooling and thinking about how do I integrate our faith into the way we walk out our learnings together as a family, that you'll hear how unintimidating this can be. Um, so uh, any final thoughts that you'd like to leave us with, Alex, as we start to wrap up? Sure. Yeah, I think just we mentioned it a lot. Keep it simple. If you're feeling like you're doing too much, just take, just scale it back. And if you feel like you fell, I do. I mean, I feel like I'll, I have really good intentions for prayer, my prayer, fasting, and almsgiving. And like week one goes by and I'm like, oh, I already forgot to do this one. But it's okay. <laughs> Again, I think that's why we have 40 days. You have time to pick yourself back up. The graces will flow. Um, you know, it's long. It's a marathon. <laughs> Lent is long, especially with kids, you know, begging for Easter candy and all the good to come. <laughs> but, you know, there's times of fasting in the church and there's times of feasting. So we have to observe both. They're both important. Um, so yeah, if you feel like it's getting hard, just scale it back a little and try again. All right. Amen to that. And thank you so much, Alex. Everybody check out Alex. She's just doing more and more on the liturgical year at her blog, aura at scola.com. And that's in the show notes. And it's just how it sounds. Um, Thanks for being with us. And Alex, thanks again. This has been really fun. We're going to do another episode coming up on Holy Week. So stay tuned for that, everybody. And uh, thanks so much again, Alex, for making the time in a busy day. Thank you, Lisa. It was really fun. Really great. All right. Great. Look forward to having you back. All right, everybody. Thanks for being with us. God bless you. Please pray for us. We're praying for you too. And have a wonderful day in the Lord. And that's our show for today. Our program is sponsored by homeschoolconnections.com. Be sure to subscribe to Homeschooling Saints and leave us an honest review. God bless you and thank you for joining us.